0: Well, good morning. So I thought since March Madness just got over, I'd talk a little bit about basketball this morning. Um, Now, just to give you a clue of how March Madness went this year, out of some of the area pastors did a bracket together, and um, I had Virginia winning all of it. Now, they lost first round to number 16, UMBC. I still got third overall. That's how bad the brackets were this year. Um, But so when I was in high school and I played basketball, my coach talked about one thing all the time. He told us every practice, every pregame, every postgame, that we always needed to play with urgency. And what he meant by that was that we needed to understand the importance of what we were doing because there's only so much time on the clock. Right? If you watch basketball, you know there's a lot of teams that when they play, they only start to play urgently in the last couple minutes of the game, right? And, and that's how we would play sometimes. We'd, we'd play, you know, just kind of our normal game, you know, and then we'd get to the end and be like, oh man, we got to start picking it up. And then we'd end up losing by a couple points or just barely winning by a couple points. So our coach told us that we needed to play with urgency the entire game. And so We did. We tried this. We decided to try and listen to our coach, and we played with complete intentionality behind everything we did. Every pass, every dribble, uh, every time we guarded someone, every time we went up for a rebound, we were playing as if not getting that play would cost us the game. And what we saw was that our coach was right. We had far less games where we lost by a couple points, and the teams that should have creamed us we were doing much better against. Um, but what we learned about playing with urgency was it didn't mean getting into a hurry or playing frantically. It was knowing that we had four quarters or four quarters in the game, and the small plays add up in that four quarters. And so we needed to take care of what we were doing. So when Brenda sent me uh, the script for the skit that they did this morning, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, I read about this miracle that Jesus performed, and this idea of urgency came back to me. So if you turn with me to John 9, uh, we'll be going through that story. I apologize, I'm not as good as Mike. I forgot to look up the page number in the, in the Bible, in the Pew Bible. So in John chapter 9, starting in verse 1, we're only going to be going through the first five five verses this morning. It says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him, because as long as it is day... We must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And so this is, this is this, we're going to be spending our entire morning in these first five verses because there's such a deep message and something going on here that I'd want to look at. Now, the first four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the ones that we have um, about that Jesus's ministry, right? So from the time he was baptized to the time he was crucified and raised from the dead, it was around a three-year time period. And that means the miracles, the teachings, the traveling, and everything else that we read about Jesus um, took place in that three-year time period. And what we see in this, in this short passage of Scripture is that Jesus lived his life with an urgency, right? If I read verse four again, you see this. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Right at this point, um, people didn't work inside lit buildings, right? Uh, and so the sun was their main source of light. So if the sun went down, the work day was over. But what we see Jesus doing here uh, is he's doing something he does commonly in the New Testament. And that's he's using language that the disciples understand to illustrate to something different. Right, Jesus isn't actually talking about working. When he's talking about the sun going down, he is talking about that he knows that the cross is coming. He knows that the day that he will no longer be on this earth is coming. And so what does he say? As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Can you sense that urgency that I'm talking about? Jesus knows that it's not a he should do the work but it's a, I must do the work of him who sent me. And so I started thinking about, you know, when, when do we commonly face urgency in our life? And, and I thought about it and I came up with, you know, a lot of people seem to face urgency when they hit a midlife crisis. And so I decided to do some research on midlife crises. I think that's the plural of crisis. Um, and was not surprised when I read about the most common changes uh, that people make during a midlife crisis, okay? Here are the four top changes that people make during a midlife crisis, right? Career changes, they usually wanna find something a little bit more fulfilling or something easier, um, but career changes, relational affairs, physical appearance changes, and new hobbies. Those are the four most common changes that people um, make when, when in a midlife crisis. And reading this is extremely disheartening because the trend of self-centeredness that revolves around all of these. When faced with urgency, our culture tells us to focus on ourselves. That's what our culture tells us. But what did Jesus say in verse four again? As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. You see, in the face of urgency, Jesus became more focused on the will of God. Urgency should not cause us to look inward, but instead to look towards God. We know that we should be doing the work of God, but Jesus in this passage also shows us why we should be doing the work of God. At the end of verse 3, Jesus is answering his disciples' questions about why the man is blind. And he says, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Do you see the irony? In this statement, Jesus is is saying, I'm going to give this blind man physical sight so lots of people can have spiritual sight. Yes, Jesus has compassion for this man and his condition, but he sees not only a chance to help him, but also to make God known. So why do we do the work of the one who sent Jesus? Yes, the Bible tells us to, yes, because it's the nice thing to do, but because God is displayed in those works. As a church, that's why we do things like the backpack drive, the car show, the food pantry, Love in Action, or the many other ministries and events that we do, because God is in display in those moments. It doesn't have to do with us. Because understanding urgency, isn't—it it shouldn't cause us to look inward, but to look up at God. So what does this look like at a practical level? I don't know about you guys, but I can't go around spitting in people's eyes and making them see. I feel like that's a really good way to get hit. Um, but we ha- we, it, just, it says it right there in verse 4. And I've said this, I've read this probably 10 times already, but I'm going to read it again. As long as it is day... We must do the works of him who sent us. The reality is our light will only shine on this earth for so long. And you know, kind of like my basketball team had to learn that we shouldn't wait to get intentional about what we do until late in the game. It's time to get intentional now, to know that the small things make a large impact in the end, whether it's buying someone's lunch, giving them a ride pushing past the question of how are you doing, praying for them, even pet-sitting for them, right? It's, it's not a we should do these things. No, Jesus said we must do the works of him who sent me. Why? Because God is on display in those moments. You might think that you are helping someone physically, and you, you probably are, but when in reality, you could also be helping them spiritually, And so now being Youth Sunday, I want to talk a little bit um, about the youth, and I want to focus in on how you adults here this morning can make a difference in the lives of the students that you've seen here. So if I can get those students who I talked to prior to service to come up here quick, I want to do a quick illustration with them. Yeah, just come up and stand in a line. That'd be awesome. What I wanna show you is the statistic that all youth workers are dealing with in America right now. Let me make sure I counted right and we actually have 10. We do, awesome. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do, okay? I want you two to come stand off to the side over here. Okay? So here's the statistic that youth workers are dealing with in America right now. Eight out of 10 Christian students will walk away from the faith their first couple of years out of high school. Eight out of 10. That is devastating. And it is also a huge contribution to the decline of Christianity in America today. Now for the students over here, these two over here, researchers have found there's a couple different things that they have in common that helps them maintain their faith. And one of the big ones was having an adult from the church invest in them when they're in elementary, junior high, or high school. That is one of the best ways that we can help these students maintain their faith. And that's what Brenda and I need in the children's and student ministries. We need adults not just to show up, but to invest in these students to share their life, to share their wisdom, to to love them with the love of Christ. And just as we've talked about this morning, it's something that needs to be done with urgency. We only have so much time to make an impact with these students. And that means we need to be extremely intentional about the time that we spend with them. It means every Wednesday, every Sunday, any chance that we get to hang out with them. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to invest in this next generation, come talk to Brenda or I after service. We need volunteers for adults to step up and make sure that 80% of our students don't walk away from their faith. Now, I also understand that uh, children's and student ministry isn't meant for everyone. It's really not meant for the faint of heart. (laughs) Um, but what we also need is amazing prayer warriors. And so let's do that. Let's go to God and let's pray for these students this morning. Dear God, um, just thank you. Uh, I just ask that you, uh, you know, just as you had this urgency when you lived this, your life, please give us that urgency in our heart. You know, that understanding that um, we only have so much time to make an impact, to be intentional And that means the small things matter. And that includes investing in these students that we see this morning. Someday that they're going to go off from high school uh, and start really just start on their own. And and that's a, a fun and scary journey. But we want to invest in them now so that they will always walk with you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.